hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, I just wanted to do some housekeeping before we hop into the episode this week. I am so grateful for all of your support. Thank you so much. Um, And I will continue to release episodes every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific. However, I am going to start releasing bonus episodes as things are timely. I've had an incredible opportunity to interview people all over the world. So I want to share as many of these episodes as possible. So if something feels timely and I compare it to a previous interview that I've had, I will release it. Um, So look for those bonus episodes on Friday. um, And thank you everyone for all of your support. Please like, share, comment, tell a friend, etc. And if you want to be a guest, as always, just email pdkmopodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and I hope everyone enjoys this episode. My guest this week is Eleanor Mashi. Eleanor is the founder of The Construction Coach, an author, podcaster, motivational speaker, and more. And it's a very exciting conversation, so I'm excited to share it. Please enjoy. Hey, how's it going? Hello, excellent, from <laughs> Melbourne. Thank you. Yeah, it is a different day where you are, and it is Friday afternoon where I am. <laughs> yes. It's like, I love the opportunity that you can get with the online world. It's not often you get to have a, an international conversation on a Saturday morning. Yeah, abs- <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, thank you so much. So for my listeners, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the lovely voice you're hearing coming at me from Melbourne is uh, Eleanor Mashi. So uh, would you just like to introduce yourself, give your 30,000 foot overview and kind of who you are and what you do, et cetera? A pleasure to be talking to your audience. Well, I'm Eleanor Moshin. I'm a thought leader in the construction industry. I founded my business, The Construction Coach, just over a year ago. And what I do for clients is I work with future leaders and industry professionals to guide, inspire and direct them to achieve higher compensation, faster progression, and more recognition in their careers. But a lot of the work I do also involves the internal work, which is imperatively important to achieving external career success. But on top of my business, I also have a podcast, Constructing You, which has just taken off. And as we were talking about before we started recording is the podcast journey, which I absolutely love. And Currently, I'm in the midst of releasing my first book, which is called Constructing Your Career. So it's about how to build an exceptional career in construction by working on the 12 foundational stages on the greatest project that you ever will, which is, of course, yourself. So between the book, the podcast, the business, it's absolutely full on, but I'm so in love with what I get to do and the value that I get to deliver for my clients and my community. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I love that. So uh, Eleanor uh, and I met through matchmaker.fm. I've plugged it a few times now. It's an amazing free service that connects podcast to podcast. Think of it like the Tinder of podcasting. <laughs> and basically you can search for, for podcasts that spark your interest to be guests. And she reached out to me and I love the angle, um, especially uh, just kind of how you found a niche, similar to how my podcast has a niche and your podcast has a niche, but really just that you've found something to make it work for you. So I'm very excited to get your perspective on my podcast today. My pleasure. So let's just hop into the elephant in the room. And when we talk about imposter syndrome, um, it kind of refers, it's deeply hooked into success and the feeling of, do you have, I'm having it all figured out, et cetera. So we'll start with the first question. And uh, that is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? I would love to say yes, but I take joy in the process and the work of, you know, no, I definitely do not have it all figured out. So I'll just reverse it back a year when I was standing at the precipice of an idea and at the outset of my vision and my vision for myself is huge and my vision for the industry is absolutely massive. And if it takes me this whole lifetime to achieve, then I'm in, I'm in for the long haul. But as I said, standing at the outset, I felt lost. I felt overwhelmed. I felt so confused. I had no idea how I'm going to make it work. How am I actually going to make this come into fruition? But what was most important was the belief, the belief that I would make it work, the belief that this is happening. I didn't need to be fixated on the how. And when you focus your mind and your energy on okay this is where I'm going this is my north star and this is what absolutely lights me up the right opportunities people come into alignment with what you're doing and that was the start of me realizing okay this is how I will figure it out I will always be able to figure it out but in this moment do I have a, you know a 10-year plan not necessarily. I have a one-year plan. I have a two-year plan, but I'm still figuring it out along the way. And that's part of the joy. That's what really shows someone. And it definitely shows me, this is what you're made of. Because when you're at the standing at the next level of yourself, you don't necessarily know, as I said before, how it's going to come into fruition. But I damn well know that I have everything that it takes to figure it out. And would life be so exciting if you actually could play out the movie and saw exactly how it's going to happen? No, it's exciting <laughs> because of the trials, the tribulations and the challenges that you get to come across because they're what make for the amazing stories and the wonderful podcast interviews. Yeah, absolutely. I love that answer. And I, I always kind of joke, you know, when I ask this question to my guests, because I'm, I always say, you know, if I f meet someone that has the key to life figured out, then that person I'm going to be very suspicious of, because <laughs> I think it is a journey. It absolutely is. What I wanted for myself in my 20s is different than what I want for myself in my 30s. And I think that that is life. Um, just being content with kind of rolling with the punches. And similar to you a year ago, gosh, I was standing at the helm being like, what do I do? What's next? What's, what's, what's going to happen? Those kinds of things. And, and I think similar to you, I've got a one year and probably a two year plan, but you know, the best way to start any journey is to just have the confidence that you can move forward uh, and do it. And I, and I love that you kind of were like, you know, no matter what happens, I know I have the keys 
to be able to, um, and, and the ambition to be able to do what I'm looking to, to do. So I love that. Thank you. Well, yeah, ambition and achievement is my first language. It's always been, but there's this concept by Vision. I don't remember his surname, but the CEO of Mind Valley in his book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, and it's called Bending Reality. So it's about being grounded in gratitude in the present and doing everything that you can, but to have a massive vision for the future. So you can hold yourself in both time and place in the future and in the present. And that's what's going to ensure that you're driving towards that vision. So, you know, a vision is it something that you just set and forget. I work on it every single day, but it's what pulls you forward. And yeah, as we discussed, it's what's going to get you to where you need to be. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And so um, we've kind of discussed the first question. So we'll move into the second one, which is, do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways and what does imposter syndrome mean to you? I have never fitted in. Never. In so I am of a Jewish background and we don't live in a Jewish area in Melbourne. So throughout all my schooling years, I was both never I never fitted into the local demographic. So I just the demographic didn't work for me and I was never the kid who had many friends because I was so shy and I lived in my shell for around 24 years of my life and I was also very bookish. I still am. I'm an introvert by nature, which is contrary to what people see, but you can be both. So you team all those things together. I never fitted in. I was not the sporting kid. I was the high achiever. I was a straight A student. And that carried on at university. And even at university, I was not the university type. I was definitely not the, the party goer. I was not the, the person who did really, really well at university, especially in architecture, which required that level of creativity. Like I am a creative, but not in that sense. And, and I'm also someone who has a very strong personality. And whenever that came out, that strength, that confidence, that would intimidate others. Mm -hmm. So what I did, I would dull myself down. I would relinquish my power in order to not be intimidating to others. And it took me a long time to realize that's not my problem. That's someone else's problem. So I dulled myself down. I tried so hard to fit in whatever that meant at the time. And what that meant is I would constantly be depleted of energy because I was compromising my natural grain. So fast forward a bit and I worked on the vision and I realized what was actually important to me. And that was standing out. Standing out is my prerogative. And when I stepped into that space, when I stepped into that power, when I stepped into being more of who I should be, and this of course isn't work that I've done by myself. I've worked with a mentor on this that's when my energy just quadrupled. I don't even know how you can measure it. But when you go against your grain, that's when you start feeling the negative consequences of imposter syndrome. That's just one of them. Mm -hmm. And to me, imposter syndrome is trying to be something that you're not. And you're given 
such a unique opportunity to be yourself. You need to figure out who exactly that is because then you're not faced by imposter syndrome or not fitting in or not standing out because you're doing exactly what you should be doing and you're being exactly who you need to be. Yeah. Um, I love that. And uh, I was, when you were speaking, I was like, man, are, are you me? <laughs> because honestly um, I was, I never really fit in, um, in elementary school. I never really fit in middle school and I never fit in high school and college and so on and so forth. And I would do things to dull myself, to fit in. And whenever I would speak up, because my power, my voice is strong, loud and proud. And when I would be myself, that was threatening. Uh, my first job, I will never forget this, my boss, and I've mentioned this a few times now, um, told me I should be wary of people's perceptions of me because what I did reflected <laughs> on him. And so that ignited such imposter syndrome in me at 22 years old at this advertising agency, Cactus in Denver, Colorado. And I felt so uncomfortable after that because I felt like I can't be me. If I'm me here, then I don't fit in. Right. So that kind of followed me throughout my career. And the only time I was ever truly unequivocally myself I still felt imposter syndrome. And the reason why, although I have a marketing background and I'm quite good at what I do and I've reached the top of what you can do, there's only like two other positions I could get to from where I've been. Um, even so, I question if it is just that I'm naturally good at it or if it's what I'm meant to do because I feel more joy and having these conversations all around the world with yourself and others and I feel complete joy releasing this podcast every week so now I feel like I'm truly truly absolutely 100% living in my truth every day and it's and it's a good feeling because imposter syndrome doesn't follow me when it comes to this podcast, because I find that so many people have felt this way along the journey. And the resounding theme is that if you are not yourself, that's when your shoulder devils, so to speak, are coming into play and telling you that you're, you're not meant to be there. You don't deserve your achievements and all of these things. And so I, I like what you said in here, I'm reading your answer, um, is that uh, where people feel imposter syndrome is a consequence of not doing the internal work on themselves to realize who they are. And I think that that right there is pinnacle. Absolutely. It's what was the number one game changer for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, uh, you know, podcasts are a, um, an audio medium, so you can't see Eleanor, but, but you definitely, you definitely project confidence. Um, I could see it <laughs> looking you. at your Instagram, your headshot. I was like, okay, like this girl knows what's up. And it's funny because my friend <laughs> had called me right before this, like maybe an hour before this. And she's very invested in the podcast. She said, oh, you have a podcast interview today. Like, who is it? And I said, oh yeah, like I'm pulling up her document right now because I, I just hadn't had a chance to read it. And I'm like, oh, this she's doing this crazy, interesting thing and making like, like you know, doing this thing that's like so outside the mold of what you would think. And, and I, I definitely wonder, um, and the question I would have for you is in a heavily male dominated field, which is construction, I mean, do you ever feel imposter syndrome within that or have you found ways to combat that? That's an excellent question. When I started off in the construction industry, I didn't know that it was a male dominated industry. But of course, when I did, that still didn't deter me. If anything, I felt even more determined to show people what is possible. So in the first few years of my career, definitely I took down the gender road, but that wasn't serving me because I don't care about gender. 
I don't mm-hmm. care about race. I don't care about religion. I care about the individual's level of drive and achievement and wanting to achieve so much in their career and their life. And I realized that I was always putting myself out there based on the gender metric, but that wasn't serving me. Mm-hmm. People don't respect you because of your gender or like I said, your race or religion, they respect you for who you're trying to be. So when I stopped playing that initial conversation and said, look, I'm going to be the best version of myself. That's what's going to actually make a difference in this industry. And that is what's going to allow me to step into my leadership power. Well, that's what actually happened. So I stopped paying attention to the gender conversations and falling into the conversations about pay and and everything. And I'm like, I'm just going to first of all, work on myself. I have to, if I want to lead others, I have to first lead myself and achieve massive success for myself. And that's what I've done in the short time that I've been for the industry. And when I did step into that power and showed people, this is what you can achieve. And I put myself out there. That's when I put myself, you know, that's when I became the the leadership and the authority in the construction industry, because what I've done in the first place is I've taken the discourse away from everything that's happening around us to the conversation that's happening within us. And mm-hmm. we have to look, I, I don't know how the construction industry is necessarily where you are, but here it's broken. It's broken in many different ways. Why is the industry broken? Well, it's actually an external projection and reality of the sum of the parts of the people within the industry. So if we want to fix the whole, we first of all have to fix ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if every sum of the parts was operating at their peak, at their optimum, if everyone was a high performance individual that took extreme ownership of our life, would we have the experience in the industry that some people have? No, you absolutely wouldn't. So that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to fix the industry one by one and take it to a place where it hasn't been before, but we're going there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's beautiful. Um, you know, I'm not super familiar with the construction industry, so to speak in the United States. Um, but I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure it varies. It's probably way different where you are. Um, but I, I do know that like, you know, in like civil engineering and that kind of stuff, um, I'm a little bit, I have like friends in that industry and, and most of them are quite successful, um, as well. So kind of going off of that, uh, and to dovetail into the, the idea of success, um, cause I've heard you kind of talk about feeling successful in leadership and all of that. So I'm going to ask you, what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? For a long time, I didn't feel successful and I realized that I was chasing a version of success which was impressed onto me by society and it was, I'm just going to climb the corporate ladder. I mean, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it has no weight, no bearings and it doesn't even impress anything into other arenas of your life. So the thing that changed for me was first of all, I had to hone down on what success actually means and to me, success is having anything and everything that I desire in every arena of my life. It means being able to do whatever it is I I desire, whatever it is and with whoever it is I want. It is the opportunity to create the life and lifestyle 
that you desire for yourself. And then once you do that, it's being able to, of course, make it happen for other people. Mm -hmm. Success for me becomes less and less about me. And it, it is so much more about my community, my, my audience, because it's my duty as an industry leader to give success to other people because I want to see people win and any level of success that my clients have or my community have that they share with me. I'm so excited. It just lights me up. I mean, you probably get the same messages of, you know, when something resonates with them and when they've thought about something differently. I mean, that is the number one metric of success as a thought leader is making sure that other people Mm -hmm. think differently and, when I get messages from my community that, you know, I've been following you for a while and I'm seeing things differently. I'm thinking differently. And this is how I've implemented it in my life. And this is a result I got. That is that to me is success, both mm-hmm. for me and both for them. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm sorry. No, go <laughs> no, no, it's okay. No, what's your comment? Um, I was going to say uh, like you kind of tapped on it uh, that that is like one of the best feelings when, when someone hears your message and then implements it for themselves. And I have a saying that if this podcast touches one person or changes a life, um, then I've done my job. And I've had people come to me and go, I didn't know what this was, but I felt it my whole life. And so that's, that's definitely, I, I, I I echo your sentiments there. Um, absolutely. And success is something that we chase. We end up chasing, Mm -hmm. but you can't have something that you don't already have. And this is the abundance conversation this is the how the universe works conversation but if I want to attract more success I need to first of all recognize the level of success that I have in my life and Mm -hmm. I put up a post a few weeks ago which was really impactful and I asked the question if success was a person and it was standing right in front of you what would you say to it you wouldn't Mm -hmm. be having such a negative derogatory beating down conversation about success you would treat success as you know you would put it on a pedestal you would speak so highly of it you would want success as a person to stay in your life Mm -hmm. you would want success as a person to hang around you if success was a person and you kept on saying you kept on pushing it away you kept on saying you're not enough you kept on saying you just don't do anything for me why would success want to be around you as a person so Every time I think of success, I see it as a person that's standing in front of me and I always say, thank you. I'm grateful for you. Thank you for what you allow me to do. Thank you for giving the experience that you do for me and my community. But the conversation with with success has to start internally in the first place. And it both is understanding what it looks like, what it means like, what it feels like and why you actually want it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't see me right now, but I'm like smiling from ear to ear. I've actually (laughs) never, I've never thought about it like that. You kind of just reminded me of my therapist, Justina right now, where she's like, okay, like, what does that feeling look like to you? And I, I envisioned it and it's, it's beautiful to think like that because, you know, there's, there's such a thing as like the vision board that you can do, which helps you manifest things. And I'm a firm believer that if you write it down, or at least for myself, if I write it down, I'll manifest it. Um, but just thinking of it as a person, that's, I mean, that's a really beautiful thing to walk away from for my listeners to like think about 
instead of comparing yourself to everyone's highlight reel, accepting the fact that everyone has bloopers, you know, everyone's got demons <laughs> and, and things in their closet. And I had a guest, um, he had said once, if we all took our problems and put them in a pile in front of us and we looked around and everyone else's piles, we would gladly pick ours back up and say, thank you, I'm good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, I think that, you know, both like that was a beautiful thing to hear from him. And then, you know, this was beautiful to hear from you because I've never thought about it like that. And I like that. That's a interesting. Did you get really good responses on that? Absolutely. I got so many people who said, I've never actually thought about it that way. And I never actually thought I could control the conversation that way. And I've actually, you know, some people said that I've been talking about success so negatively without realizing it. So yeah, it was definitely impactful. And I do the same thing with money. I mm -hmm. think of money as a person. I think of my future, like my future self, Eleanor, she's a person, I can see her. So I'm very conscious of the conversations that I have with myself because of course they permeate your reality and the results of that show up in it. Yeah, that's a really great way to think about it. Um, and I actually had never thought like that before, but I, I, I definitely, when you were talking, I envisioned like success to me, you know, I, I think back to when I started the podcast, just going back to our, our initial conversation um, before we press, press record, I didn't know where this could go. I just leaned into it. And now I'm, you know, being able to have these conversations with people all around the world, which is a very beautiful thing. And on paper, I always tell people I wouldn't seem successful, but to myself, I feel greatly successful because I think you're right that success um, lies in being yourself and living as yourself day to day, but then also um, speaking positively of those achievements and, and accepting your success. And I think that that is something that I've worked very hard to be good with. Um, so yeah, I really loved kind of what you said there. <laughs> I'm glad you started this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I knew, you know, I was so worried when I started it and I always tell people, you know, it was my own imposter syndrome shining through. And I was a radio DJ in college. I've always been told I have a voice for radio. Um, but you do. I, <laughs> thank you. Um, but I, I, I've always, I'm a talker. I'm a chatty Kathy. Um, my husband w is more introverted. I would say I'm an extrovert. Um, but I'm starting to realize I'm an introverted extrovert now that I haven't been able to see people for, for, you know, X <laughs> amount of months. I'm like, I leave my house and I'm anxious now. So, um, I've always had a gift of gab and talking to people, did journalism in high school, majored in journalism in college. Um, so I've always kind of wanted to tell stories. And there was a time where I thought about writing a book about online dating before I met my husband. I never did it. Um, I started my own business when I lived in Denver um, to do marketing for small businesses and I couldn't find anyone to ever pay me. And I realize now that these two things were passions I could have driven, but I didn't believe in myself enough to make them go. And if I had my confidence that I have now in, in retroactive, I could have been deeply successful with those two projects. But so this is now my passion project and I focus gosh, 20 to 30 hours a week on it. And I'm, I'm loving what I do every day. And monetarily, it doesn't do anything for me, but cathartically it does. Yeah, which is an important metric of success is to under, understand 
what mm-hmm. actually brings you energy and the compensation I think it always comes when you mm-hmm. operate out of your place of passion and purpose it definitely comes and I cannot stand it when people say oh you can't monetize your passion because they've never actually done it themselves so yeah yeah and it sounds like you are living your passion every day which I think is beautiful and I love that the internet has connected us so I think we've kind of touched on the elephant in the room. We can say bye-bye to that, um, which is imposter <laughs> syndrome, um, which you had some beautiful thoughts and um, I really think my listeners will resonate with it. But I love to ask this question. It's my favorite portion of every interview. Uh, the things that we are fanatical about and the unpopular opinions we may have. And I read yours. And so I'm going to say something that I'm fanatical about. Right before the shutdown, I went to Vegas uh, in, in February with my husband. Um, we were going to see Cher. The, the, the concert was canceled. Um, she might have had coronavirus, honestly, but she had to cancel it. It was a bummer, but we were walking up the strip and we stopped in a Louis Vuitton store. And I told myself, you don't deserve a bag of this magnitude. I, I, my internal monologue was saying, this is too much. You don't deserve this. But I fell in love with this Louis Vuitton purse that had rainbow lettering that said Vuitton on it. And it was a chain crossbody, and it was just the most gorgeous leather good I'd ever seen in my entire life. And I told my husband, I really want this. I don't, I know I probably don't deserve it, but I really want this. And we walked away and two days later after King, or actually maybe it might've been like almost a week later, I came home and there was a Louis Vuitton bag sitting on the table. <laughs> I went to the store in Fashion Valley Mall, which is in San Diego County. Um, and I went to the store and I told them exactly what I wanted and I bought it. And I said, oh, I don't deserve this. Like, you, I don't deserve this. And he said, no, 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 no. You do. You do. Like, you are one of the best people I've ever met in my life. I mean, obviously, he's my husband. He's going to say that. But um, you deserve things that are special because you are special. And I've you had the bag since February. It is so gorgeous, but because of the pandemic, I don't take it anywhere. <laughs> Cause I'm like, so it just sits in my closet. It's beautiful. It's insured. I love it. But my fanatical piece is that I really, really love this purse. And I hadn't thought about it in a while because, um, like right before the shutdown, I'd interviewed for a job and I took it with me and I remember them all saying, wow, what a great purse. Like it's such a beautiful handbag. And um, yeah, so it's silly, but I'm very passionate about this handbag that I never get to take anywhere. (laughs) It's more the values. And it's also more about the person that you had to become in order to have this. Mm -hmm. That's what matters. It's who you have to become in order to achieve what you have. Obviously the unsure broke 20 year old doesn't get to have this bag, but the person that you've grown into gets to have this bag. So I'm so happy that you get to experience it whatever it is, whether yeah. it's not about the, the brand, it's not about the, in, the value. It's about the feeling that you get and the mindset that comes mm-hmm. behind it. Yeah. And you know, that is one thing that I am also absolutely fanatical about. Like I am a maximalist. I'm all about wanting more. Mm-hmm. I, I want more in every arena of my life and society will be very quick to say, you're selfish, you're arrogant, you're not deserving, you're so many things. They will label anything. But if you, you know, we live in a world of abundance. There is no shortage of anything. There are more dollars in the world than there are grains of sand. 
So mm-hmm. people can never say that there isn't enough money. There definitely is. It's just, uh, it just gets distributed in different ways. But there's nothing wrong with wanting more. And I want more for myself and for my community. And that shows up in many different ways and forms. But you cannot let society ever change that conversation for you if that's what you feel that you desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it definitely it definitely makes a lot of sense. You're right. Like 20 year old me would have <laughs> could have never. <laughs> Gosh, I could I was eating ramen every night. But um, <laughs> but yes, uh, me now, you know, a little bit of indulgence here and there. And then my husband and I are, are double income, no kids. Um, that's just we don't plan to have children. We've got this. We have a puppy. He's great. Um, but it's it's always like interesting when you go against society's norm, just how offended people can be. Oh gosh, like, well, you're married, like when are kids coming? And I'm like, let me just wheel this barrel of money by you and explain why we're not doing that. <laughs> exactly. It's a choice. Like you mm-hmm. make the choice that is right for you. You don't need to fit into societal conventions. I mean, how has the mindset of the masses actually worked out? Mm-hmm. Uh, the average level of savings for the American is less than a thousand dollars. What is that? Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's nothing in the best of times and that's absolutely nothing in the worst of times. So the first thing that people always have to take control of is their mindset. You have the most powerful supercomputer that can do anything you want and people are treating it like trash. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's interesting because just kind of how society is, especially in the United States. And I mean, um, we are quite embarrassing as a country currently, but um, <laughs> the pandemic has done some beautiful things, um, such as, you know, like people have been creative, more empathetic, more community driven. Um, it's also uh, a beautiful movement right now for equality, which I'm so firm and so strong on that if black lives do not matter, then neither can all. And also, um, you know, just all of the other things that we're working on here uh, are beautiful. But yes, like for me, like when I think about <laughs> the world's perception of my country, I, 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 I liken ourselves to like a tourist that wears like sandals and socks <laughs> and it's just like I can't get that image out of my head like they're going to order a hamburger they're not going to try like the local cuisines they're going to like you know eat at every McDonald's like that's to me is America but I I'm you know if I can ever help anyone kind of feel successful in the future like I definitely want to like there's a level of leadership in being able to share my keys to to feeling better about myself. So, so yeah, I definitely love that you want more for yourself because I think we as humans, we should always want more for ourselves. Um, We should never be satisfied. Like kind of like, you know, do you have the question, do you have it all figured out? Like if, if you have it all figured out, then that's boring. Like we got to keep trying to find the answers and wanting more for ourselves and building upon that. Always. And achievement is a huge part of my identity and People with high achievement orientation, we tend to be immediately dissatisfied with what we've just achieved. And Mm -hmm. I've learned how to both be very grateful for that and use that as the fuel and the impetus for the next thing. But our minds are so future focused about already being on the next thing as soon as we've achieved the current thing. So I've written one book and I've already got the second one in in the works. But... (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. It's just 
you know, I've recognized this is a big part of who I am and I'm just going to celebrate it. And this is how I roll. Yeah, I love that. So we'll go into unpopular opinions. Uh, mm-hmm. I always use the example that I just cannot stand cantaloupe and it's crappy cousin. Honeydew, they're <laughs> always inviting each other to the fruit salad party and I'm not here for it. You can't change my mind. Melon is trash. Um, <laughs> not all melons. I'm okay with watermelon, but just cantaloupe, honeydew. I don't know if it's like PTSD from my childhood. My mom always made me eat it, but just can't stand it. Um, so uh, I always say there is no right or wrong opinion as long as it doesn't harm others. So what are yours? <laughs> I do sympathize with the melon part, but as a thought leader, our duty is to make people think mm-hmm. and we do this in many different arenas. Obviously what I do, I get people to think differently about their careers and there's many core messages that I talk about in my, when I talk about careers discourse. And you know, one is that you are fully in charge. 90% of your career and that comes in your life are in your total control. Mm -hmm. And every time I say this, there is always one person who says, no, you can't control anything. It happens and I can't do anything about it. Well, you're very wrong because we live in a world that is created from the inside out. And if you actually think that you are not in the driver's seat of your career, then that is a waste of a life and a waste of decades of opportunity. And Mm -hmm. That's just one aspect, but I have, I have an armory of unpopular opinions <laughs> and it ranges from, from, you know, what you're available for. I'm someone who's, I know exactly what I'm available for. I am available first and foremost for my business, because if I'm not available for my business, then that is a negligible practice in business. I'm not serving me and I'm not serving my clients. You don't then have a right to be in business. And around the business, there is of course the work that happens on the business. And as you know, podcasts and any media that you put out Mm -hmm. is a time consuming activity. And I put out daily content on LinkedIn and Instagram and that takes time. Everything just takes time. And I know what's important and I know what I'm available for. And people will always criticize when I then say I'm not available to someone's whims. For example, coffee. I can't stand coffees it is the it is the bane of society it is an absolute waste of time i have to this is what people want i am a high performance high achieving individual achieving massive success very fast and they get offended when i say i'm not available to drive an hour to and from and sit down for two hours to listen to your problems because you're not actually willing to take the necessary and required action to fix it You just want a sounding board. You want me to fix it. And then if I'm not going to fix it in two hours, you're then going to come back and blame me on not fixing your problems. So I absolutely cannot stand the concept of a coffee. Like I'm I'm a businesswoman. I'm a thought leader. I'm a mentor. I want to get down a business. This is what I do. So I've I've voiced this many times and you get the backlash, but that's fine. Give me your vitriol. I'm... I will take it because I am achieving massive things because I do not follow Mm -hmm. convention. And as I just touched on before, 95% of the world doesn't actually have a level of consciousness about their own life. So 95% of the people in the world don't think. 3% of the people think that they think, but only 2% of the people in the world actually 
think. And these are the people, these are the Bransons, the Masks, the Obamas, the Oprahs of the world who achieve massive levels Mm -hmm. of, of success. So on one hand, people want you to be so available because they carry the sense of entitlement because I've achieved success. They automatically think they're entitled to a part of it. Well, you haven't taken the steps and the sacrifices and the massive action that I have to so know you're not entitled to my success. You actually have to go earn it. So the rent on success is due every single day. I, I have to go to success. Success doesn't come to me. Mm-hmm. And I could again, go on, uh, on <laughs> and to many unpopular opinions in many different arenas, but that is what I do as a thought leader. I, yeah. I mean, if I can just add one more, which mm-hmm. is just another one that irks me all the time. And I mentioned it in my book as well is the whole work-life balance thing. It is such a false sense of achievement. If you think you've achieved work-life balance. I mean, think about the concept itself. Work and life are in are in exact balance. So if there are 168 hours in a week, that means you should be working 84 hours and then 84 hours should be dedicated towards life. What does the average person work for? Well, uh, 36 hours, 38 hours. So if you want work-life balance, you should be working more. Don't come to me and tell me that you want to be working less and want to achieve balance. So there are many unpopular opinions as a thought leader I could go on (laughs) for, but there are a few ones that I... I do like to, you know, just show people that the thinking of the masses, the average thinking of the masses, it's not serving you. It's not helping. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I will touch on your coffee thing. So I believe coffee, like if, okay. So like when I was single and I would be on the apps, um, as a millennial, <laughs> if a guy asked me to a coffee date, snooze fest, like, I'm not going to get coffee with you, dude. Like, and, and it's just, I agree with you. I just, doesn't matter even if it's a, a romantic or a business or whatever, like, I don't want to have lunch. I don't want to have coffee and I don't want my brain picked. I've, I, I agree with that. And also like, you don't want to help people that don't want to be helped. Like it's kind of like addiction, right? So an addict will not seek help for themselves until you've literally hit rock bottom and then mm-hmm. they will. And it's also similar to kind of like uh, therapy, like people, you have to want therapy for yourself. You have to want, or a coach, a, a business coach, you have to want that for yourself. I think the biggest crux, um, because I, I used to work the most recent company I worked for was a for-profit. So it was sales driven. Um, and the biggest crux was that we'd have all these people come and give us our spiels because anyone can be a thought leader and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, they would throw money at the situation, but they would never work on the, 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 the core, which is like, why do you want to be a salesperson? Why do you want to sell title insurance? Why do you want to sell escrow services? Oh, it's mm-hmm. a job. Well, then you're not going to be successful. Um, so I agree with that. You don't want to help people that, that, that just want to take from you for two hours and then, you know, are going to need another two hours of your time and another two hours of your time. You have to be willing to want to do the work. And I think that that is an unpopular opinion because 95% of the world is quite lazy. Exactly. Nailed it. (laughs) Definitely not your podcast, definitely not your podcast audience and and definitely not mine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, you wrote down here, 95% of the world choose to lead average lives and play small and aren't conscious of their own lives. I think that's true. I I try to steer away from this opinion, but um, if you stay in the town, well, I, I, if you stay like for me in, in America, a lot of small towns, 
um, if you stay in the town that you grew up in, went to high school in, went to college in, and you, you know, stay there and you're just content with just like the core, you know, and you never try to expand beyond what, where you are. I mean, how are you going to know what you're capable of? Um, exactly. So that's kind of another thought I have that people don't love. Well, I live in the same town. It's fine. It's like, well, but you think Denver, which is 45 minutes away, is very far. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, we're kind of uh, coming towards the end. But currently, I mean, uh, other countries are probably doing their pandemic handling a lot better. But what's currently making you happy in the world? I knew that 2020 would be a roaring year for me. Like I mm-hmm. said, that intention at the start of the year, I always knew the twenties would be my decade. And regardless of what's happening in the world, I mean, a recession is happening to the economy. A recession is not happening to the individual and economy is a social construct. It's been an amazing year personally. Mm. I'm, I'm not putting my head in the sand. I realize what's going on in the world, but you still have every opportunity to maximize what's going on. So I love the flow that I'm in at the moment. I released the podcast, my own podcast three months ago, and it just tipped over the 10,500 download mark. And for me, that's huge because there isn't anything like my podcast out for the construction industry. And like you said, when you start off, you don't necessarily know where it's going to go. Putting out a podcast is very similar to the entrepreneurship journey. You have no idea how it's going to work. You just have to build it and you build it fast on the way down. So I just, I love the, what I have been able to put out into the community and it's been, you know, masterminds. I have a whole array of new clients and they're just sensational people. Like I feel so blessed and grateful that I get to work with these incredible minds in the industry and it's, it is sort of the 12 month mark of when I started working with my mentor, my mentor is Ron Malhotra Mm -hmm. and deeply reflecting on the level of work and effort and everything that I did in the last 12 months to give me the runway into what I'm achieving right now. I just, I, I, I'm so weighted. I'm so I'm lost for words because of the level of gratitude mm-hmm. of the last 12 months and what it's done for me and my journey and what I meant, what I am then able to do with that right now. So past me has made present me really, really happy. And present me is obviously doing a lot for, for future, for future me. So knowing what I have been able to do in 12 months and then projecting that onto the next 12 months and, and saying, well, this is how I'm going to grow and this is what's coming up is just, absolutely exciting for me and of course for my community yeah yeah I love that and congratulations on the success of the podcast and everything you've been able to achieve in the last year and um you know I I think it's funny when people say oh 2020 is trash throw it away I said no 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 2020 is great (laughs) (laughs) yeah on an individual level yes on on a global level yeah it could probably be (laughs) cancelled Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I've got a fully maxed out bingo card. Uh, alien abduction would really just be bingo times a million <laughs> at this point. But, but every month I'm just like, oh my gosh, did anyone have that on their bingo card? um but yeah um so as we're winding down i always love to give my guests the opportunity to promote 
whatever they'd like. So do you have something you'd like to promote? If there are any people in the construction industry, which might be a long shot, but uh, they're more than welcome to tune into my podcast, Constructing You, where I interview exemplary leaders and industry titans, not just on what they have achieved, because you can look that up on LinkedIn profile, but who they've had to become to achieve what they have, because who you are and who knows you are the most important metrics of career success. And albeit the book that I'm releasing, Constructing Your Career is focused towards the construction industry. There is a lot of unconventional career in, career intelligence in there. So definitely if you're if you need the practical, inspirational and action filled mentor for your career, then I do recommend a read of Constructing Your Career and internationally it will be available on Amazon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So as always to my listeners, all the descriptions will be in or all the all of the links and everything to how you can connect with Eleanor will always be in the description of the podcast. And yeah, I definitely suggest you give her a follow if you're kind of struggling with where you are at in your career or you want to, you know, be more successful or if you hear her talking and you go, gosh, I wish I was that confident, then I think you should probably connect with Eleanor. So as always, all of that information will be in the description. Um, but as we wind down, Eleanor, would you like to leave my guests or sorry, leave my listeners with some parting words of advice? You are the greatest project that you will ever get to work on. And <laughs> you have one opportunity. This isn't a trial run. This is the actual run. There isn't going to be a second take of life. So if you want to work with that mentor, work with that mentor, you want to you want to move cities, country, do it because the massive level of success that you're actually seeking to achieve first and foremost comes with taking immediate and massive action. I love that. Those are beautiful words. I, yeah, that was, I got goosebumps. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you, Eleanor, for taking the time on your Saturday morning and my Friday now late afternoon to speak today on Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And to my listeners, please like, share, comment, spread the word. And um, you know, with your support, I can share more stories like Eleanor's that will help other people. So thank you again for taking the time. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Thank you. My pleasure and privilege to be here. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter p-d-k-m-o at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at p 
dkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.